Welcome to my new show, The Dr. Jerry Fishkin Show. Well, I'm Dr. Jerry Fishkin. My goal is to bring the consulting room to your living room. Your feedback will help make this show a show not for me, but for you. So sit back, relax, and let's jump in. Hello, I'm Dr. Jerry Fishkin, and today we're talking about police burnout. Our police departments are under siege. Attacks are coming from all quarters. Minority activists are screaming about heavy-handed police brutality. Gay and lesbian groups assert unfair treatment by the police. More important, all the malcontents are finding increasing support and coverage from the news media. Remember the days when the media just reported the news, not made it? The emphasis of the media today appears to be directed towards supporting those groups within our society that attempt to undermine the authority of the police. With stress and other occupational disabilities among public safety personnel soaring, I'm sometimes surprised that anyone would want to take this job. Not to mention the long hours, miserable pay, lack of public support and appreciation, negative feedback, lack of praise, an angry and untrusting public, and administration waiting to clobber someone who steps out of line. Do our officers need more training or more understanding? I propose that what's needed now is increased organizational support for employee assistance programs, and as importantly, Departments need a tighter handshake with the communities they protect and serve. Life demands of us responsibility, each in our own way. The press must be held responsible and accountable for distortions of the facts, half-truths, and innuendos when reporting and especially about our law enforcers. We can ill afford the loss of this most precious symbol of authority. The commonly held perception that police officers are invincible and able to handle community safety and security needs without absorbing the adverse effects of repeated exposure to a negative environment is a myth. The result is an alarming number of cases and rise in stress-related emotional, psychological, and physical disorders among our men and women in blue. Our police officers often push themselves beyond all natural and healthy limits, often without much concern or realization of the psychological and physical consequences of their own behaviors. I wrote these words in 1989 as part of a feature article entitled Catching It From All Sides, published in the California Law Enforcer magazine in June of that year. Ironically, they are as relevant today as when published almost 30 years ago. Stress and burnout are not the same phenomenon. Burnout is the result of continuous frustration, which, left untreated or unresolved, leads to anger. Unexpressed anger is a primary cause of depression. Burnout is mental, emotional, and physical exhaustion. Burnout can also occur through repeated exposure to toxic and traumatic experiences using maladaptive coping mechanisms or methods, often leading to a downward spiral of frustration, despair, and disillusionment. 
like a light bulb attached to a battery and left on indefinitely, eventually the battery will wear out and die, or the light bulb will burn out, or both. Burnout can and often does have the same effect on our mind and body and can ultimately lead to exhaustion and death, either through physical disease or suicide. Having worked with police officers and their families for over 45 years, I have identified 24 primary and specific symptoms of stress associated with police work, which are excessive weight gain or loss in a short period of time, combativeness, irritability, impulsiveness, hostility, frustration, especially with suspects, victims, witnesses, peers, and top brass, excessive perspiration, an officer-involved shooting resulting in serious injury or death, and the officer shows no emotion or an exaggerated sense of despair. Excessive lateness at work, especially for briefings. Excessive use of sick leave where there is no apparent illness prior to leave, often related to alcoholism and hangovers. Frequent use of alcohol or prescribed medication, such as tranquilizers and antidepressants. Marital and family disorders, including but not limited to extramarital affairs, divorce, physical and mental abuse of spouse and or children. Sexual dysfunction, including impotence, premature ejaculation, and low or absent sexual desire. The inability to complete an assignment, which may be either passive aggressive behavior or mental confusion. Inappropriate displays of emotion when a more rational or compassionate approach is required. We often see exaggerated fears about personal health or potential job-related injury, a job-related injury that disrupts regular work schedule, frequent or infrequent complaints of physical distress, including but not limited to stomach problems, heart disease, tachycardia, hyperventilation, lower back pain, nonspecific musculoskeletal pain, or diabetes. Frequent concerns about money and personal financial conditions often are found where burnout occurs. Excessive notoriety as a result of effective job performance may be symptomatic of a need for attention, acceptance, or venting uh, of aggression in a socially acceptable way through one's work. Tremor of extremities, especially while at rest, may be symptomatic of anxiety or a neurological problem nail-biting, verbalized fears of isolation and or alienation from others. That is, nobody understands me or what I've experienced. Very common amongst uh, officers, especially after uh, uh, a heavy incident. Overcompensation and arrogant behavior. This generally uh, covers up an inadequate personality and often reveals a low threshold for frustration these individuals become angry often. Personality breakdown, including disorientation from person, place, or time. This may show regressive behavior and often signals the beginning of a mental breakdown. Excessive crying is not uncommon. This may also represent itself as post-traumatic stress disorder or secondary or vicarious trauma. Impairment in one's ability to distinguish between subjective feelings and objective reality. Loss of interest in work, family, hobbies, or people in general. 
excessive use of tobacco or other stimulants, including but not limited to coffee and tea. More than the usual number of accidents, including vehicular and other types of personal injury, this may imply unconscious or conscious motivation to remove oneself from the perceived stressor. Acute and chronic fatigue, this is very frequently seen in uh, officers suffering from depression and burnout. Insomnia and other disturbances of sleep, including nightmares and stress dreams. I often see uh, officers in treatment who have this repeated, repeated dream of shooting their weapon at a suspect and the bullets just drop down on the ground. Very frustrating and very, very stressful. An alternation of wor normal work patterns and habits. If left untreated, these symptoms of major stress will lead to increased frustration, anger, despair, demoralization, and ultimately depression and burnout. Depression and burnout ranks as high as other major health concerns such as coronary heart disease, cancer, and AIDS combined. While medication and psychotherapy can cure 80% of depression cases, less than a third of depressed people ever seek help. This reality costs employers about $23 billion a year in absenteeism, lost productivity, increased use of medical benefits, and other negative expenses, especially much higher incidence of IOD time off. Denial. The psychological defense of denial keeps us from understanding the process in our lives that allows burnout to occur. The defense of denial also keeps us from making those necessary changes in our life to facilitate happiness and a sense of well-being. In our culture today, most people, especially men, do not want to admit or recognize that they may have a psychological or emotional problem and would benefit from intervention or treatment. Frequently, and especially among law enforcement and public safety personnel, there is a belief that signs or symptoms of stress or burnout will lead to loss of respect from their agency, friends, or family. However, a physical illness, they believe, is more socially acceptable. So what are the symptoms of burnout? At this point, I'd like to highlight some of the more profound symptoms of burnout as manifested among law enforcement and public safety personnel. A sense of helplessness and hopelessness. Suicidal ideation or attempts. Denial and disbelief, like this can't be happening to me. Depression and anxiety. Sleep disorders, feeling as tired upon awakening as you did when you went to bed. This is a key symptom of depression and burnout, and it really must be looked at. Low tolerance for frustration and ambiguity. Becoming more irrational at work and at home. Feeling like you're going to explode any minute. Like everybody can see it, but you don't. Anxiety about events that cannot be controlled lack of energy, 
drive and enthusiasm, just not wanting to do much of anything. This leads to susceptibility to illness, injury, and chronic pain, leading to impaired immune system functioning. Muscular tension, difficulty or anxiety about going to work, lack of communication with spouse and friends regarding your sense of despair, or conversely, incidents of domestic violence and spousal abuse. The inability to see alternatives to your present life situation in order to make those necessary changes. In this case, black and white thinking increases where there is absolutely no gray. It's ipsative, black or white. Decreased productivity at work. Social isolation and withdrawal. Lack of sexual drive. We talked about that earlier in uh, signs and symptoms of stress. So what are the steps to treat burnout? As I stated earlier, if left untreated, burnout can lead to a complete mental, emotional, and physical breakdown, and ultimately death. Fortunately, however, there are actions we can take to nip burnout before it nips us. I suggest the following. Number one, become aware of the problem or stressor and communicate it with supervisors, significant others, friends, and especially with your family. Number two, Align your self-expectations with reality. Recognize that your own personal weaknesses are okay and don't try to hide them. Number three, stop driving yourself crazy by working as hard in middle age as you did when you were younger. Four, take time out to reevaluate what you're doing and make the necessary changes to, to bring back balance in your life. Five, hunker down and quit spending money as a means of compensating for your despair or emotional emptiness. Less is more. Simplify your life. Remember that the acquisitive lifestyle of the last three decades are over and retail therapy doesn't work. Number six, diet and exercise. Get enough sleep. Seven, get help such as supportive therapy, counseling, or peer counseling. Medication can help you see alternatives and possibilities that you may not have been able to see before. Number eight, become aware of black and white thinking. Learn to incorporate gray into your cognitive makeup. Nine, take a leave of absence or a vacation to reevaluate needed changes in your life. 10, learn relaxation techniques such as breathing exercises, meditation, self-hypnosis, and or yoga. 11, don't be afraid to ask for help when it all gets to be too much. It doesn't make you look like a, a weenie. 12, allow yourself time every day for privacy, quiet, and introspection. Uh, when you come home from work, and I call that toxic time, make sure that you don't have the wife screaming at you, the kids screaming at you, the dogs barking. Uh, you need to have about 30 minutes to decompress and make sure that you decompress and tell the family that it really is important for you to have this special time when you get home from work.
because God knows what you've experienced during the day. 13. Eliminate destructive self-talk. Watch your negative self-evaluations. Stop talking negatively and bad about yourself. 14. Use your weekends or time off for a change of pace. Instead of getting drunk, hiding out, and, uh, and licking your wounds. It doesn't help, believe me. 15. Laugh at yourself. Remember that humor is highly therapeutic. Understand that we are all perfectly imperfect. 16. Always have a contingency plan in life. 17. Don't put up with things that don't work. 18. Learn to say no. 19. Get rid of the shoulds in your life. And 20. And most important, develop or restore balance in your life. Diet and exercise. Develop a spiritual base so you don't feel so all alone. And don't be afraid to ask for help. Our cities need more support at this critical time in our history. Our country's own security is threatened from the outside by international terrorists, while our security is being eroded from within through the rising drug distribution networks confronting all members of our society. We all must help restore pride and dignity to our departments and the men and women who protect our safety and well-being. If we are to secure the betterment of the future for all, we must begin now by protecting our public safety personnel. It's interesting to note that the Chinese ideogram for crisis and dangerous opportunity are the same. A life crisis such as burnout can be seen as testing our attitudes, resources, and creativity, and can aid us in turning adversity into personal growth. Thank you for listening. And if you're interested in learning more about police stress and burnout, order a copy of my book, Police Burnout, available through Amazon.com. Also, please subscribe to our show. And you can always email me at drjerry at drgeraldfishkin.com. I would also like you to uh, contact me if you need me. I look forward to speaking with you soon. So I'm Dr. Jerry Fishkin signing off. Cooper, what did you think of the show? Oh, did you like it? Huh? Did you like it? Oh, my baby. See, this is why I'm not going to burn out, because I got this guy. I got a loving wife and a wonderful, wonderful family and, and great group of friends. So, I'll see you next time, folks. And remember, if things start getting miserable in life, go get yourself a dog. I don't like it.